Go. Hey, this is Elliot Wagenheim, and I am psyched to be on Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Well done, sir. Thank you. Sure. All right. I'm going to go away for a second. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. AJ Wilcox, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, Jeff, it's going awesome. I sure appreciate the invite. No, hey, this is this is going to be a blast. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what you've got going on in your business today at b2linked.com. Uh, just talk a little bit about what you're most excited about. I know you're probably crazy busy. Well, the most exciting thing is we just became the very first service provider to ever become official LinkedIn uh, certified partner. Um, wow. And so, Holy I, big deal, Batman. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I get pretty <laughs> excited about it. And um, I've been working with LinkedIn for some time because yeah. I'm, I'm the only agency that specializes in their ads platform. So, right. you know, we've had a good relationship for a while, but this is the first time that that it ever got inked and became official. And I've got some cool perks and they get some cool perks from that, too. So uh, that's the thing I'm probably most excited about. Right. right? Now. <laughs> that sounds amazing. OK, well, now this is Vroom Vroom Veer. So you kind of get the idea. We talk about your favorite subject, you. Uh, and we, we have to go back in time. So, uh, what was your childhood like? And, uh, let's, let's start your therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, there you you go. Yeah. Take us back. So I grew up in, uh, actually Mesa, Arizona is where I call home. We, uh, I was born in Utah, but you know, really went to school in, in Arizona. And so that's kind of where I call home. Sure. And Growing up, my uh, my family was ultra conservative. My dad worked for banks, um, and right. Super we were very financially yeah financially conservative, uh, all that. And um, I've always had a really strong interest in entrepreneurship. Uh, okay. Growing up, my brother and I would do curb painting to earn money or lawn mowing. Oh, and nice! That was just kind of what we did. Like money was was a thing. And yeah. then I got into I think it was fourth grade. And my fourth grade class had this monetary system between all of uh, all of the grades, the fourth grades, where we would do um, we would do things to earn money, and then at the end we would have this big auction where you could buy like the stuff that was left over from the lost and found. Oh, nice! <laughs> now that I say that, that sounds really hilarious. But um, <laughs> I like it. And what happened is I amassed so much money that um, I couldn't carry home all the stuff that I bought from the auction at the end and all my classmates hated me for like stealing all their stuff. But like (laughs) money wise, I just, I've always been really keen to, uh, to amassing money and not necessarily spending it. It's more just like, like saving it. It's like a game. Exactly. It totally is. Yeah. Um, Right. Right. So, so that was really my upbringing is, is, uh, this keen eye for entrepreneurship, but being too conservative to actually have the guts to go do something with it. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it, you know, spending money is kind of uh, that gets old really quick. Oh, so true, right? You know, I I'm with you on that. I kind of at some point in my life, um, 
it it's the 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 world kind of got a little bit like uh do you ever play the video game the sims yes and, and you get that hack and you can make as much money as you want and uh, the game's not fun it's the game's no longer fun <laughs> that's right <laughs> That's how it works. Because you can just buy anything you want, you know? And it's like, ugh, I got all the money in the world and nothing I want to buy. You That's know? right. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So money money takes on a different sort of feel when uh, when you're cheating <laughs> or winning, <laughs> right? Right? That's the, that's the You know, you have to have money, but it's not the, it's not the end all be all. Oh, yeah. Everyone who has fame and fortune will tell you like this – uh, life is harder with it. It's not all it's cracked up to right, be, but everyone right. on the bottom says, well, I'd like to find out myself. <laughs> exactly. That's right. They all, everybody wants to learn that lesson. It's the thing is, is once you get like your basic needs met, you're not going to get uh, exponentially happier with more money. It's actually oh, going to like proven. make you like less happy because <laughs> you're worried about losing it more. Oh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So you're a little hustler when you're a kid growing up in Mesa, Arizona. So what sort of uh, folks did you hang out with in, in high school? Because I know now you do triathletes and you're also a bit of a nerd because you, you drive around in a go-kart. So I, I can't really figure out <laughs> what, sort uh, of, what sort of kid in, uh, in, uh, in high school you were. Well, if you could see me in person, I look like I'm built for playing football. And I attended this okay. this high school that was all about football. Right. Uh, but I was just a bump on a log all the way through high school. Like literally, there's nothing of note to tell you through high school. <laughs> like my uh, every waking moment was was spent trying to either hang out with friends uh, or you know finish my homework and study for exams. So uh, mm. I was not interesting at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's okay. You know, that's all right. You were, I, I like that, the bump on the log. It was almost like you wanted to start a club, but it would be too much work for <laughs> uninvolved students. <laughs> that's right. Yes. And I should have been doing sports. The uninvolved, all my friends yeah. were doing it. But, all right. Oh, the well, uninvolved students I, club will be meeting at three o'clock today. All those involved should not attend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, it's been postponed. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. So you were kind of just doing your own thing, in other words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so like I said, not much to not much to report. Um, I, I have a story from, from high school where my brother was, was much, much more uh, spendy than I was. So like okay. we'd go ask my dad for, for $20, and he'd give us $20 cash. And my goal was to see how long I could keep that $20. And wow. so me and my right. friends did a whole bunch of activities that didn't require money, and my brother was asking for $20 more by the end of the week. Sure. Um, so that was just the kind of person I was. Interesting. And, and did you continue your hustle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I'm Mormon. I went off after high school, and I served a, a, a Mormon mission that right. took me for two years over to Ukraine. And Ooh, when I came cool. back, Whoa. yeah, that was awesome. Russian speaking was like that's that's a fun language. Um, I've heard good things about that whole area, Eastern Europe, <laughs> especially recently. Um, <laughs> well, no, not recently, but like years ago, mostly about women and single dudes reporting. They, oh, I think, absolutely. Yeah, they, they think I think they called it the land of the walking Barbie doll. Yeah, it really is. All of and it's Eastern so funny. Europe, yeah. You look at the dudes in Ukraine and Russia and they're like these super skinny pencil necked, like they're going to die from smoking and drinking. By the, <laughs> the girls all look like Barbies. And that is why you have Russian uh, brides like like the right. mail order brides. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So okay. I, I came home from that, went to college here in Utah and um, 
I found these meetups that were like entrepreneurship meetups and I found out I was super excited about entrepreneurship. It was this, this energy when I went to these meetings. And yet if you would have asked me, AJ, are you ever going to start your own business? I would have said, Oh no, no, I'm, I'm not really cut out for that. That's not really my thing. But I would wow. attend all of these events and hang out with all these people who had the energy and were entrepreneurs. And then I graduated from college doing, uh, doing digital marketing and went into the job force. And, uh, that was kind of where I was destined to stay. Interesting. Right. So you, you actually studied digital marketing in college? I actually studied marketing okay. uh, because I, I tried to take a digital marketing class and right. um, they, sh they actually closed down the section due to lack of demand. This was back in 2007. So right. hopefully things have improved a little bit since then. Yeah. You uh, know, it's, it seems like the, uh, the school system has a hard time keeping up with the pace of reality, right? So oh, yeah. I bet you all of your marketing stuff, you're like, nobody's doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and I hope, cause the stuff that, that was taught to me was like the four P's uh, of marketing. And it's just like, if you go and look at any job out there for a marketing position, yeah. they're all talking about traffic and conversion. And so right. those are the things you need to teach students. Anyway, I can go off on a little bit of a tangent there, but sure, please. No. What are the four P's? I don't even uh, know. If I remember right, it's, it's product place promotion and one uh, price no prices yeah price is definitely one of them uh, um, could be. anyway it's, it's the it's the four things that you have to care about uh when uh, you're marketing and it's, right. it's more of like the marketing strategy side but um like i said like marketing strategy is one of those things that you don't handle until you're like a vp in a brand and right, most right, people that's right. not their career path most of their most of their their career paths are going to go off to be driving traffic for someone and mm -hmm. converting into business so yeah yeah right yeah, and I've had this discussion before. So uh, do you have a story that might relate to the difference between just generating traffic and, and as opposed to getting a, a conversion rate? <laughs> Cause, uh, Let's see. Uh, yeah. Cause that, if, you've got, if you've got one, I'd love to hear it, but I can, I can share all kinds no, of please, stuff. No, please, please. No. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I mean, okay. I, yeah. So I, I've worked in lots of digital marketing agencies and also okay. brands. Right. and. Anytime that you're driving traffic, there are always two obstacles. The first is to get anyone to either interact with your ads or, uh, or you know, get like interact with your search result on a search page. Right. And then the you're second, looking to get the click. Right. That, that's it. And yeah. then your second one is once you get someone to that page, does your page convert them? Does it turn into a lead, a phone call, a purchase, right. whatever right. that is? Sure. And so I've had so many experiences where. You know, your ads are perfect and they're so good about efficiently getting people to a landing page mm -hmm. and yet the landing page sucks and you don't get they any bounce. Right, right. Yes. Yes. Or you start out with just terrible, terrible ads, but you knew if, if like two people would click, you'd get a sale because the landing page is so good. Interesting. Right. No, I, I had another guest. I can't remember now. I've been doing like rapid fire guests and we talked for a while about, uh, he was all about, you know, getting the page rank on Google, right? So he was, he was, it started out doing SEO, right? So, and that's yep. all about ranking your page on at least, you know, the top 10 of Google. Oh yeah. And, and then he was in a meeting and his boss was like, yeah, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is this turning into money? And he was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> right? That wasn't, that wasn't Chris Daly, was it? It was Chris Daly, yes. yes. 
Yes. This is one of my good friends. Oh, yeah. he's, I, I've heard that story several times. So there that's you why go. That's why. There you go. Yes. Sorry. They're all blending in my brain right now. So, and I'm looking at yours and Jeremy's one sheet right now. So I have to cover, cover that up. But yes, that was Chris Daly. And it was a good story. It was a good story. Okay. So now tell us a story about what it was like working as, you know, as a, jo- a job, as a digital marketer. What, what, who, where were you? What were you doing? Yeah. So I, you know, when you're in agencies, you're working with a bunch of different clients and you're trying to give them the least amount of, uh, effort you can to keep them as a client. Uh, <laughs> right, and you're doing right. like, this is, this is obviously a pretty, pretty bad look at it, but, um, but that's kind of how it feels as an employee. Like you're, you're just trying to, to keep things going and you're doing the same repetitive tasks that go, you know, three inches deep and five miles wide and you're doing the same thing. Mm. And, I got my first offer after I'd worked in two agencies to go in-house. So I went to go work for a brand and I can't tell you how excited I was to go work for a brand where they were going to pay me more. I was going to only have one boss and I was going to, to go like subject matter wise, I was going to go five miles deep and, and you know, the the things that I would recommend, exactly. The things I would recommend to people I would actually do. And so that, that was so awesome. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be on the other side of the fence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But instead of recommending stuff, you're actually implementing it, which is way more fun. Oh yeah. And you learn more about things. Like it's just, it's, you've seen both sides of the equation. And I think you, you just, uh, you inherently understand more of how digital marketing works. And, and it was really funny at that point, I swore to myself, I would never go work for an agency again. And then the ironic part is I started one. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's different. I I absolutely think it it is. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's completely different. So tell us the story about how, because People, when they think LinkedIn, they don't usually think ads necessarily, right? People, when they're thinking ads, they think Google. They definitely think Facebook, right? But, you know, LinkedIn is kind of like resumes and buddies, right? And, you know, I don't know. But I don't, the first word that pops in my brain isn't ads. I'm I'm (laughs) sure I know they're there. But, you know, I've not heard a lot of people talking about LinkedIn and ads at the same time. What's so funny is I actually got recruited into a local technology company here about five years ago, and I went in to go talk to the CMO on my first day and lay out my traffic generation plans. And so I was talking to her about SEO, and I was telling her what I was going to do with AdWords and with Facebook. And she said, okay, all those things sound great, uh, but just so you know, we just started a pilot using LinkedIn ads. See what you can do with it. And Interesting. I, I saluted her and said, yes, ma'am. And I turned around and started laughing because I felt like I knew, really knew what I was doing in digital marketing right. and I had never heard of LinkedIn ads. Like I didn't even sure. know it existed. Right, so right. you are, you're not alone there. Um, <laughs> what happened is right. they launched it in 2008 with really no fanfare. Uh, they didn't think it was a strong product okay. or, or you know, whatever. They just, they didn't market it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so AdWords, uh, Facebook ads came on the scene really strong, but uh, there are some awesome things about LinkedIn's ad platform. And then there are some you know, real downsides because of the fact that they neglected it for so long. Like it's still playing catch up to Facebook. Okay. Uh, but the best part is that anything that's on your LinkedIn profile, I can target you by in, in like a really, really precise way. Mm. And so um, gotcha. it, if you're in B2B and you're targeting just people who are have a CEO title in a certain industry uh, of a certain company size in a certain location, I can hit you. Or if you have mm. you know, certain skills on your profile or you're a member of a certain group, all of those things I can use to target you. And, uh, and it's extremely powerful, especially for those larger deal sizes in B2B. Um, yeah, so that's, that's 
amazing targeting that even though Facebook has pretty good targeting, it, it doesn't have all of that. And then it's also really not scalable because not very many people are putting in their work details into Facebook, but right. it's just that's all true. in there right, by right. default on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You've got a different data set in LinkedIn just because that's what people are using it for. Yes. <laughs> right. And they're already afraid of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> yeah that's true i never thought of it thought of it that way all right well let's let's get into a little bit about more about you um because i see like i want to know the story about uh, how you started using a go-kart as your um as your company car how's yeah, that work so <laughs> when, I, when i was little and this goes back to the kind of entrepreneurship at heart um me and my brother delivered phone books during the summer in Arizona, which was extremely hot. But, uh, and we ruined all the cars that we ever used to deliver. But we, you know, my parents used that to, to get us money as kids. It's like our summer projects. Okay. And so I saved up my money all summer long one, uh, one year to go specifically buy a new go-kart from the Honda dealership. This was, wow. I, I I knew exactly what it was. It was the go-kart that had two engines on it, you know, a five horsepower engine for each wheel. And wow. And I knew you could get it up to 45 miles an hour. And I was so excited about that thing. So all summer long in the Phoenix heat, I was slaving away just to earn up enough money for this. At the end of the summer, I go in to buy it and I have the cash in hand. I'm just an eager kid. And the sales guy goes, Oh, that one. Yeah, we actually took it off the market because it was dangerous. Like we had some lawsuits. And oh, no. I was crushed. Crushed. Ah, uh, bummer. That was the worst thing ever. And as a kid, when all you want to do is have a vehicle you, you want to drive, a go-kart is like the kid with the go-kart is king. Uh, it really did crush <laughs> me. Um, so fast forward several years when I'm working in corporate, I have a pretty decent salary and I'm like – uh, you know what? I'm a grown man, but this has got to happen. And so I checked and found a, a racing card on, on Craigslist and, uh, the rest was history. I've, I've been, you know, driving around the neighborhood here in Utah for, uh, for a good little while. And it hits like, you know, 49 miles an hour, Wow, uh, a little bit faster when, when my lighter wife is driving it. But yeah. And you just use that to tool around the neighborhood. It's almost like you're retired, but you, you're not ready to to go slow yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I have to take something to a neighbor, I'll hop in the go kart and do it just just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. It's it's just yeah. You got to put a little fun in your life, right? Yep. And so I can't really use it as the company car because it, I can't get it on a road to go to a, an right. appointment. But right, if there right. was a close meeting, I would totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it also says here you're a triathlete now. I, how, how the hell does somebody even think this is a good idea? Is <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've always like, I, I've always been a chubby dude. And so oh, okay. chasing a ball on, on a court or, uh, or, or, you know, something else like a sport was mm. always really annoying to me. Cause like you'd, you'd get up the momentum to go and then you just have to stop and go do it again. So I, <laughs> I was really okay. addicted to, uh, to endurance sports where, you know, early on, I think it was like junior high. I realized I loved going and like running at night and I'd, you know, started a mile and then I'd work my way up to three and four. And then by high school I was doing, you know, six, seven, eight miles a day. Yeah, and wow. you know, e even as an overweight dude, like I, I loved running. And then when I, I realized that I was probably doing pretty bad stuff to my knees by putting them through that. Right. Um, then, then I started picking up the other sports and got really into hiking and snowshoeing and skiing and anything that's an endurance sport. I'm probably all about it. Interesting. So, and that, 
how long have you been doing the, the triathlons? You know, I just started my first triathlon last year. So oh, okay. yeah, I, I've been still, doing, though. yeah, I, I do all the different sports on their own, but finally put them together, uh, which is kind of dumb, uh, <laughs> but, but I do, it's really hard, but I, I'm super proud of myself when I'm done. Are you interested in any of the tough mutter type of things or is that yeah. a little yeah. beyond you? Oh, okay. No, I love Tough Mudder. I, I did. I did Tough oh, Mudder two years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, tell I, us the story. Oh, okay. So I had uh, colleagues who were uh, who were all signing up as a team, and so we had like eight of us. Yeah. Um, and so one of my really good friends was in it, and he wasn't in the in the best shape. So I was like, "Hey, don't worry. I'll stick with you, um, and you know we'll go slow together." And mm. it was perfect because you really do need someone else to go with you in a tough mutter because you have these these walls that are too high for most people to get over by themselves. So we took turns hoisting each other over, and oh um, wow, okay, it's a full half marathon. The wow. The bad part is right at the end, they have like wires hanging from the ceiling and, and you get shocked. And I thought that was going to be a, brad- a badge of honor to jump over hay bales while I'm getting electrocuted. Um, but after I got done, I was like, yeah, I should have just skipped that one. That's needlessly stupid. <laughs> that didn't do anything for me, but hurt. Yep. You, you get through an entire 13 miles of, of, you know, mud and cold and sunburn. And then you get wow. to the end and shock yourself for some reason. Like wow. just skip that one. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of get it. I, it seems a little fun, but I think it would be more fun if it, if it had, you know, less, more of a point. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's, it feels like some of those things are just there to be, needlessly painful right <laughs> that's right i remember <laughs> I, I got to the obstacle that's like an ice bath where um it's a trough absolutely mm. filled with ice cubes and beer cans that's about wow. probably eight feet long and what wow. you have to do is jump into the ice bath yeah. swim underneath a barrier and then get to the other side and get out wow. and you know this was later in the morning i had already run three or four miles and so i was hot i was excited to get in there but there were all of these like a, a whole group of of women and skinny dudes who were like trying to psych themselves up just to get in the ice. And I was like, move over. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. It felt great. Right. I love ice right now. Yeah. No, I could, I could get into that because, uh, I spent a lot of time in Japan. So, um, I got into, um, you know, the, uh, the hot baths over there. Oh yeah. Right. So, you know, the big deal is what they, I call it doing laps. So you go in and you get, take a regular old shower just so now you're clean. And then they have the really like several different levels of heat. So you kind of like work your way through the warm bath and then the medium bath and then the really way too stupid hot bath. Right. (laughs) And then, and then maybe you take a little break or you dive into the cold plunge. Yes. And going from heat to cold, I mean, obviously it's a little crazy, but (laughs) it does this amazing thing to your nervous system uh, where it's just, you know, obviously you kind of have to psych yourself up to do it because it's like kind of (laughs) stupid. But once you do it, oh my goodness, I don't know why. I don't know the physiology behind it, but it feels amazing, especially once it's all over, you know, and if you just kind of grit through that, oh, I'm 
gonna die. It's too cold. <laughs> it's like the most relaxed. And then you know you do that two or three times. That's what I, that's what the laps are, right? And then uh, after you're all done and you're just kind of like you go through this like cool down thing where your body is just like freaking out. Um, (laughs) So for like 20 minutes, you're kind of like confused whether or not you're going to throw up or pass out. (laughs) And then and then when you're done, though, then it's like you get this like euphoria kind of almost. It's like. (laughs) Ah, I feel great. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's similar to what you get from a tough a tough mutter. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the yeah. endorphins are super high. I, right. I remember after my first marathon, this was you know five or six years ago. I went and uh, my brother said, "Hey, uh, hot tubs are really good after you've run those long distances." For sure. And so I I came home and I I drew a warm bath and got in and I squarely passed out. Uh, right. So you have to be careful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do. I wish I would have been warned about that. Oh, right. Well. <laughs> Someone had to come in and find me naked and passed out. So. <laughs> it can actually be quite dangerous. So anybody out there trying to you know, listening, um, you know, do your homework because it's no joke. I mean, yes. Uh, like um, I heard about somebody that was like a real pro and like I think it might have been Tim Ferriss. He like almost drowned. Oh, right. Uh, he started doing a breathing technique when he wasn't supposed to after a workout and he kind of all, I think he lost consciousness in a pool and somebody had to carry him out. So if there wouldn't have been people around, bye bye Tim. Right. Yes. And we would have lost a lot of good content. Right. Yeah. So when people say don't do this or don't do that, listen, (laughs) (laughs) I know one of the recommendations, um, from Tim Ferriss was when you're, when you're messing around with this heat and cold is if you ever even feel like you're falling asleep, right? Like in a sauna in the gym, then you've gone too far and you need to go cool off. Yeah. Right. I know. Uh, it's okay to feel like a little lightheaded, but that's the edge, right? So it over the edge is when you're like, Oh, I just conked out a little bit then you need to cool off. <laughs> yeah. That's a warning. Something right. Every day. Right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, this is, this is cool. So, okay. So tell us the story of how you got into your own business. Yeah, this is a great story. I okay. love this one. Um, so I was working corporate and I found myself at this new company managing a, a really, really intricate LinkedIn ads account. And then when I would have an issue, I would go and Google that like, hey, how do you solve this kind of problem with LinkedIn ads? And no one was writing about it. No one was talking about Nobody it. Nobody knew. <laughs> yeah. And okay. so I'd come, wow. I'd come home and talk to my wife and I'd say, uh, hey, honey, I, you know, I have another entrepreneurship idea. And she'd go, okay, well, tell me about it. I'm used to hearing these things. And I, right. I told her, no one else is talking about LinkedIn ads. Maybe that should be me. And I remember her saying, well, you know, of all the ideas you've brought up, that one actually seems like it has the most legs. And so I kind of had that in the back of my mind. And then, you know, I'd been working at this place for about two and a half years. And uh, then unexpectedly, my boss walks me to the HR department and I was being let go. What? Yes. And I was absolutely crushed. I mean, as you can imagine, any time that you're let go from a position, there are these feelings like, oh, it's like you are dumped. worthless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even totally worse like than it. getting dumped. It's like you're not you're no good professionally. You're no good uh, personally. Like we just we just don't want you. And those are the, the feelings that were going through my head. And at this time, we had three kids with one on the way uh, and I had to go home and tell my wife that 
hey honey, like we don't we don't have any any money coming in anymore. Like this really I'm sucks. I have to go sign up for unemployment. That's right. Not oh my cool. Goodness. Not cool. <laughs> Did they tell you why? Oh, uh, no, not really. It, it was kind of interesting. Uh, it, it was it was personal. Like um, anyway, I I could go like into an, more detail. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a personality clash. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a new boss who just wasn't mm. great, and uh, and that was the clash. But um, but that it turned happens. out to be the, the very happens. best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Um. I, I left, and you know, for the first couple days, I was in shock. I went on these crazy long hikes because, you know, when was the last time I had a day off to go hiking? Right. And uh, kind of got lost in the wilderness and had some time to think, and it was great. And then. You know, when I got back home, it, it was time to go to work. I talked to the wife and said, you know, I, I really want to start this business. That's one that we talked about. And she said, okay, I would feel a lot better about it if you went and, and got some job offers just to see. So I started interviewing, got four job offers and I took them to her and said, okay, honey, I've got four offers, uh, but I still kind of want to start this thing. And, you know, like I mentioned, we're religious. And so, um, we, we took it as a matter of prayer and we prayed about them and okay. we felt guidance like, Hey, turn down the, the other job offers, pursue B2 linked. And so, hmm. uh, that was when we, we strapped down and said, okay, uh, we're committed here and, and we're big. Like, like I said, we're, we're savers. Like we just don't spend a whole lot of money. Okay. And so we decided that we had like a, what was it? A, a 15 month runway to start this. And so we decided if we weren't getting traction by like nine ish months, and this is totally strapped down, like on total spend freeze, don't spend a cent more than you need to. Right. Um, okay. We decided that we had that much runway and we were going to go for it. And so month one, we started, uh, you know, I, I got a couple gigs on Upwork from people just looking to start out with LinkedIn ads. Okay. Uh, by month two, I had a couple of like decent clients. By month three, I was on, uh, on some podcasts and, and webinars with partners talking about it and, ended up getting two really big deals by month five. I was, you know, way exceeding the income that I had, uh, I had had in my corporate gig. And that was when I really realized, okay, there's something to this and I'm excited. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's pretty amazing that, I mean, I know you had like a whole lot of insight from that last job, but just to immediately hit the ground like that and like, I mean, you're, you're getting paid within five, six months. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, I, I, can't I mean, tell that's, you that's amazing. It. Really? It is yes. both lucky and blessed. I don't know what to call it, yeah, um, but it's good timing, I, you know, exactly. I, I mean, I, I understand right. that if I were to go out and do the same thing and say, I want to be a Facebook ads pro, or I want to be a search engine optimization pro. Too yeah. Late. Like it's over. Good luck. <laughs> Forget good it. Luck. Yeah. yeah. You're going without a salary for a year trying to get things going. Right. But, the fact that I was the only one in the whole world who specialized in LinkedIn ads, I'm sure made a big difference. So you, you were basically got to punch the, the hole in the wall basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure other people will get to profit from that in the future. Right. But, you know, I've got first mover advantage and right. that's great. Right. Right. You can ride that wave. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. So, okay. So let's, let's talk about, so, when did the when did the business start? When did B two Link start? It was about two and a half years ago. Okay, so, yeah, late in twenty fourteen. So you have like uh, employees now, or is it all just you? Yeah, I have three employees. Wow, um, nice. One part time, uh, the rest part. Sorry, one full time, the rest part time. Okay, and uh, and it's been great. The 
you know, ads aren't difficult to run, but I had to, I had to spend millions and millions of dollars and make millions of dollars worth of mistakes to, to get the team put together and the training put together. And now we run pretty awesome campaigns. I'm not going to lie. No, I believe you. Okay. So you're about two and a half years in. Sounds like, uh, sounds like you've got something going on. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you get the same question. I get the question all the time. Like, so what's next? What are you going to do next? Right. And I have no idea. Uh, okay. It seems like you could either sell and agencies don't sell for a high multiple. So why wouldn't I just keep the, keep the asset and keep working? Um, right. And then the other one is like, uh, grow. Do you just you want to yeah grow. grow it up to be a right. big agency? And, and LinkedIn ads is so niche. I don't think I want to be ever big. I, I like, uh, not ever having to go to meetings that I didn't set up. Uh, no, so, no, no doubt. Anyway, right. It's lifestyle business, but I'm, I'm totally fine with it. No, I, that's cool. I mean, it's, it sounds like you're not taking any funding from outside. You're just doing this all on your own. Yep. Totally bootstrap. There's uh, nice. I mean, when you have a business that's an agency, you're really profitable from day one. Like right. the, as soon as you bring on your first client, I don't have a ton of overhead. All of my employees work from home. I can mm. do everything from my existing laptop. You don't so, have a whole lot yeah. of rent. Exactly. Yep. Just work from home. That's nice. That's very cool. Well, very nice. Uh, this has been a blast. So, okay. Uh, you are AJ Wilcox and uh, your site is at b2linked.com. Did I get that right? That's exactly right. I'm sure you're on LinkedIn. <laughs> I am. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm also pretty active on Twitter and, and, uh, you don't need to, you know, ensure I accept your action request to chat me. There so, you go. <laughs> at Wilcox AJ on Twitter, hit me up. All right. This has been a blast, AJ. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks Jeff. I sure appreciate the, uh, the time. All right. Have a good one. Right, you too. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.